series. We're do, I don't do series a lot. I don't do them all the time. But I felt led to do one this, this month. Um, and we're, we're talking about healing. Okay? So if you're here for the first time or this is, you've been here every week, I just want to uh, give a, a foundation of what we're talking about. How many know we need healing in our lives? Lots of areas in our life we need healing. And, and, and I did a message a couple weeks ago and I talked about healing and I, and I talked about four areas besides physical healing. And then I, I, I went over them so fast, I felt like the Lord was dealing with me to go over each one individually. And so last week we went over the healing of our minds. I hope somebody got something from that. I hope it was beneficial. And then today we're going to be talking about the healing of our finances. Next week we're going to talk about the healing of our relationships. And the last one will be the healing of our pasts. So how many this morning could say, you know what, I could use some healing in my finances? I mean, let me see your hands. Let me give you the definition of healing. So, and then you might raise your hand if you didn't raise it the first time. The definition of healing is to make well again. Okay, to restore now, how many need some restoration and to make, make your finances well again? Amen? How many could use more finances? Do I have anybody in here that could use some more? Do I have anybody in here that's got too much? Ah, I was hoping someone would raise their hand. I was going to come see you after church. Amen. Help you find a way to put that into the kingdom. But the bottom line is money and finances are a big part of the Bible. A lot of people... Maybe you're visiting, and I hope you don't think that this is what we, all we talk about, because it's not. But a lot of people say, don't preach, don't preach on that, Pastor. Don't preach on money. Oh, man, I invited someone today, and he's going to talk about money. Don't do that. But if we have that attitude, I've got to take out about 10% of the Bible. And how many know we're a full gospel? We preach the whole thing. We preach the whole Bible, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So if, we, if we're going to take out money, we've got to take out a big chunk of the Bible. 16 out of the 38 parables that Jesus spoke talked about money and possessions. 16 out of 38. That's almost half of the parables. So there must have been something important about that. How many have heard the verse time and time again out of 1 Timothy that says, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Right? Now, I, I know that, that none of us in here, as good as we are or as bad as we are with money, none of us have it all together in our finances. None of us. But we're trying to get better and I want to give you some principles this morning that really, really will heal. And listen, you might be a teenager. You might be a young person. I wish I would have heard these kind of messages when I was younger. I wish somebody would have started telling me about saving money and doing the right thing with my money. I would have been way ahead of the game. But I didn't hear those kind of things. So if you're young, you don't even have a job yet, you know, make sure you pay attention because when you get money, you can start to apply that. I didn't say this in the first service, but it was so neat. And I know that Pastor Mario and Dianza could feel this way. And, and Pastor Dwayne and anybody that's, that's, that's been in the ministry for a while, they could see this in their kids. It was such a blessing to see my daughters catch tithing, catch finances. And, and, and Destiny and Landon are celebrating their first year anniversary. Can y'all believe that? That's already been a year. And they're out, they're out celebrating in, in Louisiana, eating some Cajun food. And I remember Destiny specifically, man. Destiny was amazing. She, I told her, one day you're going to be a millionaire because when she would get money, even though she understood the concept of tithing, she really didn't. Because she'd get a $20 bill, and she'd come to me and she'd say, Daddy, how much is, you know, how much is the tithe? And I'd say, it's $2. And I'd see the envelope later, and there'd be 10 in there. Or sometimes she'd put the whole 20 in. And she was always like that. She was always a giver. She learned, and Kristen learned as well. And they've, they've, since they were little girls, 
have learned to be faithful with their finances. And so it's neat that you can teach your children that. I learned that from my parents as well. But listen to this. Why, why is this a struggle? Why is this a problem? Why is money a problem? Because a lot of times the last thing that gets saved is our wallet. Amen? It's the last thing that gets sanctified. We have a lot of, we have, I, got, I got rid of the drugs, I got rid of the alcohol, I stopped doing this, I stopped doing that, but man, don't touch my money. And it doesn't matter if it's a little or a lot, that's the attitude that we have. Don't touch my money, amen? But God wants to heal our finances, and, and I I'm, I'm really believe there's going to be some fruit from this, but listen to some of the st- statistics that I was reading, just a couple that are kind of amazing. I don't, I know, as a matter of fact, I know without a doubt this is not the case in our church, thank God. I have no doubt this is not the case, but stats say that in a normal church, no matter what size it is, 10 to 25% of the people tithe. 10 to 25%. That means out of 100 people, 10 to 25 tithe, the rest don't. Okay? Another thing that says is that people on average in the United States tithe 2%. Is anybody here an oxymoron? Tithe means 10. So if you say I tithe 2%, you sound dumber than you are, amen, because that's not tithe. Tithe is 10. So if you say, I tithe 5%, I can't afford to tithe 10 Well, you're not tithing. 10% is tithe. But can you believe that the average person tithes 2%? And, can you, and, and look what we're able to do in the world. What would, would, would we be able to do with the gospel in the world if everybody would just obey God's word? Look at the Bible in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you would. And I want to read some very, very awesome verses here, exciting verses. I really believe this is going to help some people. But there's, there's something I want you to write down as you write down Deuteronomy 28. I want you to write this word down, attitude. I want you to write the word down, attitude. Because attitude has everything to do with finances. If you don't have the right attitude about finances and the right attitude about money, you're going to miss the boat. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to be miserable. You're never going to be happy. You're never, and, and you say, well, what, why is money important? Well, which world do you live in? Does anybody in here realize that money is a humongous part of our lives? And a matter of fact, get into some premarital or some, some counseling with some couples and find out that that's usually the root of a lot of their problems. Half of the divorces that end in divorce end because of financial problems. It's an issue. It's something we've got to deal with. It's something we've got to get right. So our attitude is so important. There's over 2,350 verses in the Bible that talk about money. 2,350 verses. How many would say that's important? Now, let's look at Deuteronomy 28. And we're going to look at some powerful promises. It says, now, it shall come to pass... If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, I want you to write down another word. You wrote down attitude. I want you to write down obey. Obey or obedience, whichever one you want to do. So if, you're, if you don't get anything else out of this, attitude and obedience is where healing begins to come in our finances. Attitude and obedience. Okay, if I have the right attitude and if I'll just do. I've told you for a long time, if you just do what you're supposed to do, God will do something amazing in your life if you'll just obey. You, you might be here and you might say, man, I, I want some testimonies. I want, I want God to do something in my life where I've got some testimonies. I'm not, I'm not bragging when I say this. Listen, I, I am not rich. I don't have a lot of money. But God has blessed me for the entire time I've been saved. And I've seen, 
miraculous coin-in-the-fish's-mouth miracles over and over and over again. My mom used to tell me you should write a book, and it wasn't just about financial things, just period, the things I've seen, the things Carl and I have been through in the ministry, and I wish I would have listened to her because when it comes to financial miracles and blessings, I could have wrote a book. I could have wrote so many things. Every once in a while, something will come back to mind. I remember being in the old building over there, and I had bought a, a, a 2000 Expedition, Ford Expedition, it was one of the best vehicles I've ever had. The way it drove, how, how it lasted, everything. It was big and it was nice. And I, and I remember paying $4,500 for it. And I, I, when I got it, it was a person in our church's vehicle, and they had it sitting at their house. I remember dropping off their son and seeing it, and I was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Ask your dad if he'll sell it to me. And I remember seeing one of the things, if anybody knows me, is I, love, I love new tires, if I had a lot of money, I would put new tires on my vehicle every six months. I love the way they look. I love the way they smell. I love, I love the way it drives with new tires. I mean, if you know me, I'm always adamant about making sure you have good tires. I learned that from my pastor as well, who was in a horrible accident. I'll never forget him telling me, if you have to go into debt for good tires, buy new tires. Anybody who's ever talked to me knows that that's what I tell them because it's dangerous. He was in a horrible accident because they had bad tires. Sometimes I'll walk through the parking lot and I'm like, oh, God, please touch these people's hearts to get new tires. Please, because they're bad. They're bald. Amen. I know it's expensive, but, but tires, right? So I saw these nice, beautiful tires on this expedition. And when I ended up buying the vehicle, they had been sitting for like a year and they were dry rotted. So I had to go get new tires. So I bought the vehicle and drove it for two years. I probably put 30 or 40,000 miles on the vehicle. And when I decided I wanted to sell it because I wanted to get a truck, I sold that vehicle back to the same guy who sold it to me for the same price that I bought it for. Did y'all just hear what I said? Does that sound stupid? That's the kind of stuff God does. That doesn't make him stupid. That means that I, God blessed me. I drove a car for two years and got the money back that I spent on it so I could put it towards another vehicle. I remember another time when I had a truck when we first moved into this building. I had a white Ford F-150, and I wanted to sell it to get the Tundra that I have. And I remember when I put it up for sale, I got a call. I was walking around this church praying, and I got a call from a lady, and she said, I want to buy your truck. How many know people don't say, I want to buy your truck without seeing it? I know I don't. And I, said, and I thought it was a scam. And, 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 I, and she said, I, I, I'll, come pick, I'll come pick it up today, or we can meet, or whatever, but I want to buy your truck. And she was really adamant, and I thought it was being scammed. How many know there's a lot of scams out there? And so at that very moment, I, I, I said, well, I, I think I texted her back and said, you know, I'm not interested or something, because I, I just felt like it was a scam. So I kept walking around the, prayer, around the church praying, and I got a text from my bank that there was $1,000 in my account. And so this lady was so serious about buying my truck that she sent me $1,000 to my bank account without even seeing the truck. Amen. So I said, okay, this is for reals. I drove my truck down. With Kristen, I think, went with me. I drove my truck down to South Texas, South, sorry, South Dallas. She, it was raining. She got out of her vehicle, got in my vehicle. I got out of my vehicle, got in, in Kristen's vehicle, and had, and had the, money in my, the rest of the money in my, in my hand for the truck. She never even looked at it. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say that God blesses. God does amazing, miraculous things when we hear the voice of the Lord and we observe carefully all of his commandments. Amen. Keep reading with me here. It says that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Does anybody in here want to be overtaken by the blessings of God? 
Is there anybody in here that would like the blessings of God to overtake you? Amen? Totally come upon you and overtake you to where you get to where you can't even remember them all. It just happens. You just expect it because God's a good God. But let me throw something in here in case I don't say it later. Don't give to get. Write that down. Don't give to get. Give to give. Okay? He says, all these blessings will overtake you, but there's a key to that. How many know that God has promises in his word, but there's always something we have to do? What does he say we have to do? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. If you'll obey the voice of the Lord your God. If you'll do. See, how many know that God is the greatest financial planner there is? He knows what he's talking about. You can get wisdom from a lot of different people, but if we would just read the Bible and follow the principles of the Bible, we would be made, we would be made wealthy. We would have things coming upon us that only God could give us. But I said attitude and obedience. Here's what God says. If you'll obey me, so don't be laughing back there in that section. I'm not saying anything funny right now. If you'll obey me, you, the Bible says you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. How many want to be blessed in the city and blessed in the country? You'll be blessed in the fruit of your body. That means physical healing. The produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Now, you might not have flocks or horses or anything, but you've got a job and you've got a bank account and you've got a refrigerator, and God wants to bless all those things. He said, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed you shall be coming. Some of y'all are going to get excited about this tomorrow. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Everywhere you go, the blessings of Now watch this. What does this got to do with money? It's amazing what happens when you start obeying God. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. Does anybody want your enemies to be defeated? And it says, they shall come against you one way. Maybe you've heard me pray this before. And they will flee from you seven different directions. Your enemy will come at you one way and flee seven different ways. I failed to mention this in the 11 o'clock service, in case you guys were here last Sunday, about these vultures out where I live. I ride my bicycle. I've been trying to ride every day for the last couple months. And, and if I miss a day, I make it up the next day, but I'm trying to stay, stay riding my bike for, for cardio and stuff. And so I'm on these roads out there by my house, and there's a lot of vultures. I live out in the country, and, and I go across this bridge, and when I get to this corner where this dam is, there's like 50 or 60 vultures just sitting there on the fence or on the ground, and they're waiting for the smell, right? And when I come around that corner and I see these vultures sitting there, I'm just one person. Now, I'm kind of a big guy, but I'm just one guy, and I'm on a bike. I'm not in a car. I'm not in a truck. I'm not making any noise. And I get around that corner, boy, and them vultures, they fly in a hundred different directions. They just shoot out and leave because they're afraid of me when I come across that. I, that's the way that God wants our enemies to flee from us. Amen? We don't have anything in ourselves, but when they see us coming, they see Jesus in us. They see the blessings of God in us, and they flee, it says, seven different ways. Listen, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse. How many want to have some storehouses? How many like to have more than one savings account? How many like to have more than one income? Come on, let me talk to some real people here. How many would like to have several sources of income coming into your life instead of just one? Hey, honey, did you tithe on that one? Oh, I forgot about that one. 
Hey, did you get the other one? How many have to have so many sources of income that it takes your time to get your tithe together? There's people in this church that are buying houses and renting them. There's people in here that have more than one income. God wants to bless us. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, I'm just trying to get that one income taken care of. Amen. I agree. I know what you're talking about. But how many would like more than one? How many would like to have the abundance of God? He says he'll command it in your storehouse. He says, in all to which you set your hand, he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now stay with me. I know I'm reading a lot of verses, but these are powerful. It says the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you. Does anybody know in here that God does not lie? God cannot lie. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. See, a lot of us have been trying to do money our way. Now, I'm going to get to something here in a second where a revelation is going to come. I had some people tell me after service, that was a revelation for me. I'm, I, I got that. We do things our ways. If we do things our ways, guess what we'll get? What we can get. But if we do things God's way, we'll get what God can give us. How many would rather have what God gives us than what we can get ourselves? I, I, I want what God has for me. I want him to work in that, those mysterious ways. It's so fun, like I was talking about with that truck, it's so fun to live life like that. To have something so crazy happen that doesn't even make sense. Amen? It's, it's neat to see how God is going to come through. He says, if you keep my ways. Now, verse 10. Then all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, and the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Stay with me. The Lord will open to you good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. Do you understand that when we're talking about blessings, it's not just money? How many of blessings is, is physical? Blessings is joy. Blessings is peace. Blessings is your family. Blessings is a lot of other things. Those things will line up. Watch what this next part says. You shall lend to many nations. We just, we're sending an offering off today to another nation. You shall lend to many nations. Don't ever take for granted the fact that we have the opportunity to send money to another country and be a part of those souls. In our first service, Curtis and Amber were here. And Curtis and Amber, were our, were, our, Curtis was our very first convert in this church 12 years ago. He came to a movie we did the very first month of our church on our parking lot in Londonderry, and he got saved. He was probably, I think he was the only person there. We had a bunch of chairs set out, and he was the only one there. He got saved. Now watch this. And, his, and then him and his wife were about to get a divorce. And because he came and got saved at our church, they got their marriage back together. They're still married today. They've had a kid together since then. They had a kid already. God has restored their money, God, or their finances. He's restored their marriage. And, and they are the ones who invited Pastor Dylan and Ashley to come to church at a barbecue to get saved. And now they're the ones that are preaching in Tanzania. You see what the chain of grace does? Amen. They invited them. They never knew in their... Th so, so when you invite someone to church, let me just chase this rabbit for a second. When you invite someone to church, don't think it's, it's in vain. You don't know who you're inviting. You might be inviting the next missionary to church. 
They may come in here. They never in their wildest dreams thought that they'd be sitting here one day watching a video of the, the person that they invited to church to a barbecue over in another country preaching the gospel. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and now they're, they're, they're not involved in the church. I'm not, I'm not putting them up. They're not involved in any ministry at this time. They just come, but they, they tithe. They give their money. They're part of the church. They, they, they help finance the gospel. Everybody has a part in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we see this chain of grace working. Let's finish up here in these verses. He says, you'll lend to many nations and not borrow. How many would like to stop borrowing? And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You should be above only and not beneath. But here's the key. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. Pay attention to that. Careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you to this day, to the right or to the left, or to serve other gods after them. You know why those things are important? How many have ever gone to the doctor and they said, okay, you've got this infection, you need to take these steroids or take some, some, some antibiotics or whatever, and they say, here's the instructions. How many know when you read the instructions, it's important you do it like they said? Right? If they say take this many a day at this time and for these many days, you've got to do it. You can't just take it how you want. And I, I believe, listen to me, this is what I want you I believe this morning there are many people here who are even tithers, who are even faithful in their finances, but you're still not doing it the way the doctor said. You're still missing something. There's something that's not happening that's going to be a revelation for you today. Because he said there, be careful to observe them. Now, what I want to get to is first fruits. I want to get to the teaching here this morning of who our God really is. Okay? And you might say, come on, Pastor, I'm at church. I love God. He, two of the Ten Commandments in the Bible I want to talk about have this principle that has to do with finances. Number one, he says, you shall have no other gods before me. Did you know money can be a God? Does anybody in here know that money can be a God? Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. And so money can be a God. We can, we, can, we can do things the wrong way. There's something powerful, but I'm going to teach you here this morning, which is an attitude of obedience. And the other commandment is to not covet what your neighbor has. And when I just said attitude, here's the attitude we can have that's wrong. We can be in church listening to a testimony. Somebody can get up and say, I just got a raise. I just got a promotion. I just bought a new house, God blessed me with a car, whatever it is, and you're sitting in your chair, and I've been saying this to you for a long time, and you're sitting in your chair, and you're saying, oh, I wish that was me, how come I didn't get a raise? Oh, I wish I had that house. Oh, that's the car I wanted. Guess what that's called? Coveting. So your attitude is wrong about money. Hello, it got quiet in here, so I must be talking to somebody. That's an attitude, right? So if I, but, but, but the right attitude is, if I've got the right attitude about money, and the way you can know you do is when somebody testifies and you rejoice with them. As if it was you. As if it was you. There's somebody, it, you'll see it when it happens. It, it's not like we're a million people in this church, but someone's getting a new vehicle. They were telling me about it. A new vehicle, and I was so happy for them. They're going to pay cash for it. I was so happy for them as, as if it was me buying the vehicle. And I get excited when I hear that you're buying houses. I get excited when I hear you're getting promotions. That's the right attitude and heart about money. 
that we rejoice with each other and we say, God, I'm happy with what I have. And when, I, when you want me to have that, I'll have it. But I'm not going to covet what somebody else has. Anybody with me? So, so if our attitude is not right about money, that's, that's when we come in and we go, oh, here goes another message about money. If you said that when this started, you're, you're going to miss this. And you're going to stay getting what you're getting. And you're not going to see the, the blessings that God has for you because your attitude isn't right. Okay? Now watch this. First fruits. This means, I'm going to make this simple and elementary. Maybe you've been tithing, and that's great. But maybe you don't do it first. When you, when you get your paycheck, when you, Friday just happened, and that money gets deposited into your account, Listen to this. Watch this. When you tithe first what's God's, you redeem the rest of your money. You make the rest of your money sanctified because you're making a statement to God, you're first. Is anybody listening? Someone's going to get this. Someone's going to get a revelation right here. The light bulb's going to come on. It's going to transform your finances. And I'm talking to people who have been obedient. Now, if you're here, some of you are here, and you might not be tithing at all. That's the first step, right? You've got to get the understanding. What is tithe? I get $100, tens is God's. Off the bat. I get $1,000, $100 God's. I get $5, 50 cents is God's. Amen. It's God's. It's not mine. And, and I'm not even using any tithe scriptures this morning because I'm trying to come from a different angle. I don't want to, I'm not want to use those same verses again. I'm coming from a different angle of understanding first fruits. So when you get paid, out of, and I'm going to give you a couple verses here, you give that money to God. But watch this. Stay with me. If I get paid on Friday, and the first thing I do with my money, my tithe, is pay my electric bill, then I am telling God my electric bill is more important than you, God. And then now I'm asking the electric company to do something for my finances. But when I give it to God first, he says, okay, now I see this person's heart. They truly trust me. They truly understand. And now I can rebuke the devourer for them. Now I can start to make a way to pay that electric bill that they don't even have. Are you following me? Look, listen to what Genesis cha or sorry, Exodus chapter 3, 23 to verse 19 says. The first of the first fruits. Okay? The first of the first fruits you shall, of your land you shall bring in to the house of the Lord your God. The first of your first fruits. Th this is where I'm telling God, God, you're number one. Now I'm going to give you a story right now that I did in the first service, because sometimes I forget that camera's on, and I did call, and, 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 and I, if I don't do it now, then they won't, they won't hear it, those that are watching. When me and Carla first got saved and were, were, were married and in the ministry together, we were in Tucson, Arizona, and we were in, in, uh, in, a, in, a, in an outreach church called Inner City Harvesters Church. And God was called, you know, ever since I got saved, I told you I was called to preach and everything, and we were at this church, and, and I had my own painting business. And I was making good money. We had, God was blessing us. I had credit to buy two houses if I wanted to at one time. I was making great money. I was painting houses up in the foothills, million-dollar mansions. I was making great money. We had just bought a brand-new house on an acre of land. We were like 20 years old. God was blessing us. 
And God began to deal with me. And he said, I want you to go into the ministry full time. And I want you to quit your, your painting business. And this, listen, I'm not telling you to quit your business. I'm just telling you what God told me to do in this situation. I want you to quit your painting business. And I want you to go work full time in that church. And that church could only afford $800 a month. I was making, this is 25 years ago, I was making easily $3,000 a month on a, on, a, on, a, on a low month. And I went to go make $800 a month. And when I took that job and I took that step of faith and Carla took it with me, she went and got a job. Was it at a daycare? Working with kids. She's always liked to work with kids. And between my $800 and her $800, we were making $1,600 a month. Guess how much my bills were? $2,000. Are y'all, is that, that's not that hard of math, right? I'm not that good of math, but that's not that hard. I'm looking at our bills. We looked at our bills. We lined up all of our bills. We did a budget, which is good. That's, that's a good thing right there to do, do a budget. And we put all our bills down, and our first bill is tithe. You should make your first bill your tithe. You should make it like a bill. Like, I, this is the first thing I'm going to pay. Right here off the bat. Cream of the crop, not leftovers. You know why we do that? You know why? Because God asked us to. God never said in the Bible. Did you ever read a verse where God said, I want one of your sheep. Give me any one you want. Has anybody ever read that? I want one of your lambs. Give me whichever one you want. What does he ask for? The first one and the best. The first one and the best. How many know if you go get a big old plate of anything that's just been made fresh, that first scoop's the best? Right? It's the freshest. It breaks the plane, the hottest. It's the best. God doesn't want leftovers. He wants the best. Someone's getting a revelation here. Healing of our finances. It doesn't even mean that you've had it wrong. You've been, you've been tithing, but you haven't been reading the prescription correctly. You haven't had your attitude right. You haven't been fully obedient. Because what you do when you pay, I'll get back to my story, don't worry. What you do when you pay your tithe later is it's not there. And even if it's there, you're telling God what your priorities are. When I pay my tithe, right off the bat, the very second I find it in the bank, I send a text in or get that money out of the bank, immediately when I do that, I now can sit back and say, God, all my bills will be taken care of because I'm in covenant with you and I will not lack and I will not, this will not fail and you will find a way and I, if they turn off my electric bill, that'll happen. Although in 26 years of marriage, we've never had our electric bill turned off. But that year of ministry, $2,000 a month bills. Just, and I'm not talking food. I'm talking mortgage. I don't think we had a car. I don't, I don't know what they were, but you know what I'm talking about. It wasn't food. Bills. And we looked at each other, and, and I said, Carl, we're going to have to make a step of faith here. We're going to have $1,600 of income and $2,000 worth of bills. We're just going to trust God. But see, it wasn't even $1,600 of income because $160 of that was tithe. And I'm not telling you what to do, but I've never been a person who, who just did the amount to the cent. I always round up. I always go up. I always add on. I've always given offerings. So I may have been giving two or $300 that each month which takes you down to thirteen dollars or $1,400 a month with $2,000 bills. Does anybody do the math in here that makes that make any sense? Does that make sense to anybody? Nobody. I don't, care who, I don't care if Einstein was here. That would not make sense. So we looked at those <clears throat> bills, 
which said we're going to trust God. Let me tell you something. As God is my witness for an entire year, and I can't even tell you how. I honestly cannot tell you how, besides the fact that it was a really long time ago. I couldn't tell you then, though. I look back. I remember that year when we moved on to the next thing that God was doing in us. We look back. We never missed a bill, never missed a mortgage payment, and even had money to go out and eat every week, somehow, some way. I don't even know how, but God did something supernatural. Why? Because God was first. He was first. First fruits. Listen to what Proverbs, I'm closing. Look what Proverbs chapter 3 says, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with first fruits of all your increase. So he says, honor me, give me what's mine, but give it to me first. So that I can redeem and bless all the rest of your money. So that money that's going to the electric company and that money that's going to the water bill and the money that's going all these, to, to, to internet and all these things is blessed. You're actually blessing your companies that, you, that provide services for you because that money's blessed. Amen. No, no stolen cars in the parking lot. Amen. I remember Pastor Jones one time, he got up in the congregation, he said, some of y'all got some nice cars, but they're stolen. Because you ain't paying your, paying your tithes. And you're robbing God. Woo! Right? I hope we don't have any stolen cars out here. I believe we're doing the right thing. But I think this is something that some people aren't doing. They don't understand. I've got to show God there's no other gods before me. There's, I'm not going to worship mammon. I'm going to trust God. And listen, I don't, I'm, I'll be honest to tell you, I'm not the best person in the world with money. I'd say probably in the last five years, I started really getting an understanding. And getting out of debt and getting to a place where I've always wanted, but I've never doubted God. I've never, there's people in here who are way better with, with money than I am. But I believe and trust God, and I've just seen Him time and time again, and you can sit down and ask my wife anytime you want. It's just time and time again God comes through. And, and, honey, I usually don't have the answer, do I? I usually don't have an answer. I just say God's going to do it. That's why Pastor Mario one time preached a conference, a message at conference called Pastor Blake Faith. Because I just obey and I just trust. He's probably way better at money than I am. There's lots of people who are better. I just trust God. If he says it in his word, I believe it. Every building we've ever gotten, everything we've ever done, God just provided because I say, God, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm just foolish enough to believe that God is a God of miracles and that he can't lie and that he will provide. Listen to this as I close. God gave Jesus first. You realize that God gave Jesus by faith that we would receive him and at the same time knowing many of us would reject him? How many are thankful that God gave Jesus first and didn't wait for us to get our act together for him to come to that cross. He came and died for us on the cross when our act wasn't together. He said, I'm going to die for you anyways. I'm going I'm to do it for you anyways. And, and if, I could, if I could choose one verse that would tie all this together, it would be Matthew 6.33. Obedience and attitude. You want your finances to be healed? Seek first the kingdom of God. And it starts with giving that first increase to God. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. 
And then there's all kinds of other things like giving an offering and, and, and being obedient to say, you know what, I don't have this, but I'm going to give this by faith. I'm just going to trust you, Lord, or you're going to provide it, or you're going to make a way. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's people in this church that God is blessing because you have an attitude that says, God, I want more, but I don't want it for me. I want more so I can help the kingdom of God. I've heard, you, I've heard you say things, I, and I want you to know this morning, God is listening. God sees your heart. If you are a person that wants to give more to the kingdom of God, you can be rest assured money's coming. Did you hear me? If your heart is to give more to the kingdom of God, you can be rest assured as long as you're tithing, as long as you got it in order. You can be rest assured money's on the way. Blessings are on the way. Provision is on the way. Supernatural things are on their way because God sees that heart and he wants to put it through your hands. We're not trying to take your money. We're trying to get money to you. God's not trying to take your money. He's trying to show you that he's got a lot of it. But you've got to get your hands that are sticky. You've got to clean them off. Say, Lord, put it. And, and I've said this a million times. I'll say it again today. You can have things as long as things don't have you. I've had God tell me, sell the truck, sell the car. I've told that story before. I, I, I'll say it again just real quick, just, just for anybody that's business. Years ago in Costa Rica, we had the first time we ever had an opportunity to buy a brand new vehicle with plastic on the seats. Brand new. Coming over from wherever it came over, out of the country. We bought that vehicle. God blessed us as missionaries to be able to do that. Buy that vehicle. And six months later, God spoke to me and said, I want you to sell that vehicle. It was hard. It was a tough decision, especially for Carla. She loved that vehicle. It was nice. But you know what? I didn't see an immediate result from that the next day or the next week or the next month, but I didn't do it to get. God was asking me, is that, is that mine or is that yours? If God tells me tomorrow to sell my truck, I'll sell my truck. I, it's not mine. And if you have that kind of attitude, it's exciting to serve God. Because that, mean that means God's got a better blessing behind what he asks you to give up. Do you think God will ever ask you to give something up if he doesn't have something better behind the next door? But it comes from an attitude of giving to give, not giving to get. A lot of people, take, they tie into, oh, I'm gonna, and this is where the, the prosperity, demonic prosperity message is wrong. We do not agree with and we do not preach. We believe wholeheartedly in the prosperity of God. But we don't believe that you give, and when you give this, God's going to do that, and he's going to heal this, and he's going to bring this, and this amount's going to come, and a house is going to come. We don't name it and claim it. We do what God tells us to do, and then we sit back and watch God be God. Can you say amen? How many want to see God be God in your finances? In your finances. Luke 12, three verses to write down. Luke 12, 29 to 31. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Or have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after. Oh, that's powerful. And your Father knows that you need these things. And this sounds familiar, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. When you put God first, listen, how many know God is the best person in the world at finances? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. He owns everything. So when I tithe and I get in covenant with God, can I give you just an understanding what that means to us today? That would be like you having Warren Buffett's phone number. Yeah, you just relationship. 
I'm just trying to give you a carnal understanding of what that means. One of the richest men in the world, or Elon Musk, or whoever you want to name, Bill Gates, whatever. But better than that, when you're in covenant with God, anything can happen. Because God can bring, as that quote I said a few weeks ago, God has a thousand ways where there doesn't seem to be one. Boy, when you begin to get into God's economy and let Him heal your mind and your attitude and your obedience on giving, God can do supernatural things. Proverbs 14.23 says, All hard work brings profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So this morning, don't say, you know what, I, I got it, Pastor, I'm going to start. And then next week comes and you get your, your, your pay and you go, oh, I just can't afford to do this. I meant to. Action. Action. Mere talk leads to poverty, but hard work brings a profit. And the last one's Proverbs 22.7. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. I believe God's got a generous heart in this place. I believe there's hearts in here who are generous. Father, thank you this morning for healing our finances. God, you have a lot of resources. And we've got a lot of things we want to do. God, our heart is to reach the city of Denton. Our heart is to reach the young people, to reach the older people. Our heart is to, uh, to see people saved, God. To see people come out of their lifestyles and, and know the truth about God in their lives. To see re- marriages restored. To see miracles happen. To see people rescued from drug addiction and alcoholism and and alternative lifestyles, God, and things that don't glorify your name. We just want to obey your word. We just want to be right. God, give me the right attitude this morning about money. Give me the right attitude, not just about money, but but being obedient to your word. Trusting that your word is yes, and it's amen, and your promises are yes and amen. In this attitude of prayer, church, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and the presence of God in this place this morning. How many in this place would say, you know what, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never said a sinner's prayer. I've never admitted that I need a Savior. We are living in perilous times. We are living in wicked times. There's there's violence and there's craziness outside going on all over our nation. There's, un, there's uncertainty like never before. This is the time to get right with God. This is the time to say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. This is the time to say, God, help me be healed today. I know this is a money about healing our finances, but you can't get anything healed until you get your heart healed. Jesus needs to come in and needs to be Lord of your life. How many here this morning, honest hearts, or those watching online could say, Pastor, I'm not saved. If I died today, if I've breathed my last breath on this earth, and you will breathe your last breath one day, where will you spend eternity? Eternity. Forever and ever and ever The Bible says there's two places, heaven or hell, and we choose. But hell was not made for us. Hell was made for the devil and his fallen angels. Heaven was made for us.
God says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. Today, how many would choose life? How many would say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me right now by just lifting your hand and say, pray for me. I need to be saved. Just put it up and put it right back down. I don't want to leave this place today without knowing that my name is in the Lamb's book of life. Just, I'm going to wait just a moment. Just put it up. Put it right back down. That's me. That's me. Maybe you're living in sin. Maybe you believe in God and you love God. and you've been, you've been going to church a long time, but today you're living in sin. We talked on Friday at Disciples about secret sins. Things in our lives that we think nobody else knows about. God sees everything. Nothing's hidden from His eyes. Today, if, you, if that's you, you need to get right. Tomorrow is not promised. Don't take this weekend off and say, oh, it's Labor Day. I'll do it next week. Do it today. Today is the day to get right with God. Today. All over this place, your hearts line up with God. All I can do is present the gospel to you, and you've got to accept it. You've got to make the decision. You've got to say, God, I'm, I'm, make, I'm making some choices. I believe even as I'm talking, there's some people making some choices right now. Good choices. Godly choices. There's some repentance going on. There's some turning from our ways going on. There's some decisions being made. There's some healing going on in our hearts. The amazing thing about God is He can fix a problem in one second. It, it, he can do more in five seconds than we can do in five lifetimes if we just have the right heart. All across this place, would you just stand with me this morning? We're going to open up the altar and I want to pray over you this morning. But I want us as a church to do something very important. We're going to go offline here in a minute, but I want to say a prayer because there may be people watching right now. You might have a family member watching. You might be able to share this with somebody later that they can get saved if they'll do this prayer with us. And I want everybody in here to say this prayer with me. I want us to say the sinner's prayer. I want us to get our hearts right with God. There may be people that are going to be hearing this on the podcast. Church, if we've been here today and everything we did was for one person to get saved, it's worth it. If this entire 2020 was for one person to get saved today on this podcast, it's worth everything. One soul. That's what we're about here. We're, we're not about other things. We're about souls. And when we keep souls first, as Pastor Mario was mentioning at that time of prayer, what we're about and what we're expecting, what we're doing, everything we're doing here is not just to gather and look good. So, oh, wow, that was a great service. Everybody was dressed nice and we had parking lot was full and that was cool, good music. We're here to get people saved. We're here to equip ourselves so we can go out of these doors and tell people Jesus loves them and that they need to turn from their lifestyles and get saved. That we need to get right with God today. Amen. How many would say this prayer with me this morning? Just say it out loud so they can hear it. Those that are watching online or listening on the podcast, this is the sinner's prayer. If you'll say this from your heart, you'll be saved. Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner in need of a Savior. As your word says, I know that I fall short of the glory of God. The wages of my sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and you rose from the dead. And I accept that. You are my salvation. My faith 
is only in you and what you did on the cross and what you say in your word. Come into my life and make me a new creation. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you. And I'm going to tell others about you. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning for those that said that prayer as we go offline this morning. Amen. Praise God.